Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. And it is another healthy day here on Faith and Family. We like to do things that keep us healthy and focus on uh, wellness from time to time in our conversations. And I uh, have to give the credit to our producer, Sarah, here for this topic today. You're just an all-around healthy person, like to do things to keep us healthy, don't you? I try. You keep us healthy in the <laughs> office here, too, and uh, very grateful for that. And a little-known fact, I think some of our listeners may know that uh, your your background, not only are you a great producer here and the, with a background in, in, uh, in design, but also mm-hmm. exercise science, so you, you keep us... Uh, you keep us mindful of healthy things around here, which is good. Inspiring us all, biking to work every day as I drive my <laughs> car into the studio. So, well, uh, we have a great healthy topic uh, to, to help us, some a, a resource, some ideas, tools to help us stay on track. These handy little things that you see popping up all over the place that people mm-hmm. are wearing on their wrists. What are they? How do they work? And how can they be useful? Uh, how can they be helpful? So we have some great guests lined up to help us with that today. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. You can find out more about them on our website, kfuo.org. Look for the CUW logo. Joining us by phone today, we have Joyce Angel. She's Director of Campus Wellness at Concordia University, Chicago. Joyce, welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you. Glad to have you with us. And uh, alma mater, Sarah and I both are, are, are alumni from Concordia University, Chicago. So welcome to our alma mater here on Faith and Family today. Well, thank you. And just a correction here. I uh, stepped down from campus, uh, director of campus wellness, just this fall. So, um, and focusing on, on uh, teaching. So... Uh-huh. Uh, but I did it for 11 years. So, so former director of yeah, campus yeah, wellness. Yeah. And now and now, what are you teaching at Concordia University uh, of Chicago? I work for our human performance uh, department and teach nutrition and fitness and wellness and fitness and wellness and uh, <laughs> yoga. So lots of things to, to yeah. keep us healthy and uh, in, in shape as well. I appreciate that. I learned a lot about fitness back in my days, but that was uh, that was many moons ago before, uh, I think, before Joyce might have been there. Uh, a long time at Concordia University uh, and uh, developed a fitness plan while I was there. Got up and swam every morning back in the days when we had a pool at Concordia <laughs> University, yeah. Chicago. Uh, the unfortunate news, it's not there, but the good news is we've got a wonderful <laughs> fitness center now. So, Absolutely. With all the state-of-the-art equipment from Life Fitness, so... Well, wonderful. Glad to have you on board, Joyce. Thanks for being our guest today. Looking forward to learning from you about uh, these fitness topics. Joining us also by phone this morning, Jonathan Dugas, Clinical Director at the Vitality Group. Jonathan, welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you very much, Andy. It's such a pleasure to be here. Glad to have you with us today. Tell us a little bit about the Vitality Group and your work there. Well, uh, Vitality is a, um, we provide a, a great program that helps people be healthier every day and we do that by really understanding that people want to be healthy and they want to do those healthy things but oftentimes uh, it can be very difficult to make those simple decisions so we try to make it easier for people by providing some incentives sometimes bigger sometimes smaller but always helping you make a good decision to do a healthy thing every day that might be choosing to be active that day. It might be choosing to get an annual biometric screening. Um, but throughout the year, really trying to help people be healthier 
every single day. So Vitality really puts a structure to uh, to wellness ideas uh, that, that help us stay focused, help us stay on track. It provides incentives for us to stay on track with wellness goals and providing information education as well. Is that Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Uh, it's, it, it really kind of goes beyond just sort of simple actions and, and sort of literal physical actions like being active uh, because we're Vitality members can log in and engage in our kind of in the online portal. Um, there is just a wealth of information that we try to constantly feed um, individuals to really kind of help them be aware of what they can be doing to be more healthy. Sometimes that's things that sit outside of the Vitality program, which is fine because they're still being healthy. Sometimes it's linking directly to things in the Vitality program. Um, but it's kind of, like you said, really kind of comprehensive in that really pulls in physical activities, but also educational screenings, all kinds of different things when you think of kind of what you should be doing to try to be the healthiest you. Now, Vitality is uh, the services made available to many servants of the church who are on the Concordia plans, who use, utilize Concordia plan services. Sarah and I are both on that, and uh, and it's provided motivation for me. Sarah, has it uh, provided motivation for you? Definitely, yeah. We did the, uh, the biometric, or the one of the screenings, mm-hmm. and we are we got a lot of points from that. It was pretty exciting. <laughs> and that's that's one of the, the key things about this is there is a point system that provides yeah. rewards or incentives. And uh, speaking of, I, I wanted to talk to you, Jonathan, about that. Do we get points for, for talking about vitality today? <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, um, I cannot offer you vitality points for oh. this awesome conversation we're having. Um, but, um, it's because maybe I'm sitting. We can, we can say it's healthy because we're talking about health. Maybe that works. <laughs> it's because we're sitting. That's what it is. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to try to submit this later. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk a little bit about the, the history of of these, uh, you know, these wearables. When, when we say wearables, I think what, what we're talking about uh, here in studio. Well, well, Sarah, how would you describe wearables? What do you mean by wearables? Well, now, the way that they've progressed, it's something that you wear on your body, you know, mm-hmm. your wrist or your waistband, if you're using a, a norm, a little pedometer that's tracking your biometric activity, your steps, uh, maybe your sleep, your heart rate, those kinds of of things. And then you can see that data over time and and assess how you're doing. Joyce, when were you first introduced to wearables that that track your activity? Actually, I went to a walking conference probably about eight years ago. And that's when accelerometers were just starting to be introduced. Uh, Most of the technology at that time was still pedometer, pedometers, and some of the wearable technology really hadn't even reached. Um, it was probably still in the development stage uh, at that point. But the idea of using a pedometer or accelerometer to track uh, your fitness level, the amount of steps that you stride, um, is an important aspect. And we did a couple programs here at Concordia um, and gave out free um, pedometers uh, and had people track their steps and had incentive program from that standpoint. So, And a couple of departments, um, probably within the last three or four years, actually did some summer programs on their own uh, using pedometers and, and motivating each other to uh, track their steps. And the thing about 
I think from my perspective about pedometers and fitness trackers is one of the the advantages to it is it's really hard to to lie or cheat on those. (laughs) It is what it is. It, right, you. I, I don't know. Maybe you could like try to attach it to your washing machine or something like that, <laughs> and or, see if that would work. Kid, but. And we do have some examples of kids that, <laughs> when they first started using pedometers in schools and having the kids track, they would sit there and jump up and down, <laughs> or attach it to or, their dog. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Somebody mentioned that over the weekend. We were talking about these at, at the Capella concert, and they were going to attach it to their dog. Now I have to get a dog. There you go. <laughs> so much more work. <laughs> <laughs> they they provide some they they provide some accountability. I think in a sense. Yeah. What do you think, Jonathan? Do they do these these fitness trackers, these wearables, provide some accountability? They, I think they they can provide accountability to you. I, I think. Um, that's kind of a bit of an attitudinal perspective on it. Um, I, I think um, in, in thinking of it in a way of being made, being made to be accountable can sometimes make it feel like a chain to your, to your device. Um, they, they can provide that, but I think the kind of flip side of that coin is more importantly, I, I think they can really provide motivation. Um, and the, the evidence is, is pretty clear that in, in studies that are that are really designed to try to help people improve physical activity, just giving people a device and saying, please wear this, we want you to be more active. <laughs> just just doing that, just wearing it will improve physical activity. And that's typically measured in steps per day in those studies. But especially when you give people a target and when they say, please do... Normally, it's 10,000, as you were probably familiar with, but it could be any target of steps a day. Their activity levels increase a little bit more. Um, so, you know, the, the behavioral mechanisms in there are, are, are being better understood every day. But to me, that's really great and interesting. But at the end of the day, the important thing is that when people wear them, they are more active. <laughs> That's true for me, definitely. When I when I first got my wearable and it was at a very exciting day, the first day I really realized that I don't walk as much as I thought I did. And that number was really low and I felt really bad because I wasn't walking. So now I'm walking around our complex a lot more. I walk you know, up and down the stairs to get my drinks of water rather than... <laughs> yes, I believe I, I was passing through the hallway the other day and I saw you going downstairs. I'm like, where are you where going? Are you? <laughs> do you have a meeting or going something? Going to nope. the drinking fountain. <laughs> like, I'm just walking the stairs. <laughs> yep, I do that. <laughs> I like meeting steps. those goals. <laughs> I, well, that, and that's just it. You, I think you bring up a good point. How does, how does something like this, uh, a, a device like this, uh, Joyce, how does it help us in terms of goal setting and it, it, overall in improving health and wellness? How does that help us set goals and then achieve them? Well, it's very easy. It's, uh, you know, if you're familiar with SMART goals, it's having something measurable. And it's mm-hmm. very easy to measure how many steps I do every day um, and to see the progress. Uh, and most of the, you can either find a program if you can't, Uh, connect with a program in the computer. You can track it on your phone. You can create your own spreadsheet uh, to track and see how you're progressing and how you're doing. Uh, And and it's a great way to progress through your goals and and head towards that fitness level of 10,000 steps. Uh, 
which is about five miles, and working towards that. Because if somebody is not doing it, like Sarah said, she just started track- tracking her steps, noticed that she wasn't doing a lot, she had a baseline. And I think that's really the important key is setting that baseline and then achieve putting your goals, um, setting those goals based on where you started at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... And- I've noticed on Vitality that 10,000 steps is is one of the, the daily goals. Why, Jonathan, what is it about 10,000 steps? Why is that a, a, a typical goal? Well, there's that's an often discussed subject where that that level of 10,000 actually originated. Um, it, it, I think it's debatable where that really came from. Um, to me, what's less important is the origin, and what's more important is the fact that when people consistently do 10,000 or more steps in a day, that's associated with positive health outcomes. Um, and if, especially if we, if we put that in the context of the kind of spectrum of physical activity, where on the one end you have sedentary behavior, just really doing nothing all day, and on the other end you have maybe someone who is physically physically active as part of their occupation and really doing a lot of activity throughout an entire day. Anything in between there is just good. <laughs> and the more you move towards meeting the guidelines and doing 150 minutes per week of, of moderate to vigorous activity, the more you can move towards that, the better. Um, so as you also know in Vitality, there are kind of three levels at which we'll award people points for, for being active. Um, and that's really to try to accommodate that, that spectrum. It's not a binary thing. It's, it's only binary when you're sedentary. Once you're moving, that's physical activity. And the more you can do up to kind of an upper limit of around that 150 minutes a week, up to that is great. Uh, and more is probably even better, but they haven't really kind of teased out how much additional benefit one can get by doing beyond that amount. So it's really, it's really important to help people know that if they don't hit that 10,000 steps in a day, we don't want people to beat themselves up about that because as long as they're achieving more than 5,000, really they're going above and beyond kind of what they're just daily kind of getting around activities would be. Now, we've talked about a lot, of, we've talked about steps, and there are different devices that, that, that measure steps, and we'll talk about specific devices later in the program and, and uh, what you might be looking for. But in, in addition to steps, are there other numbers that we might be paying attention to, whether they're, they're numbers that change throughout the day or numbers that are more long-term? Are there other numbers, Joyce, that we should be paying attention to? Well, I think that if you're looking to buy one of the new wearables is to really focus on what your goals are. Uh, for example, if you're looking to improve your physical activity steps, something measures steps, the simpler the better. Uh, however, many of us have health issues. Uh, we're a- the aging population is concerned about their heart rate. Um, and I think also if you're looking at a fitness goal, the heart rate aspect of a wearable is very important uh, because then you can monitor Uh, your training zone, and the training zone is where your heart is going to get the most benefit for improving your cardiovascular fitness. So I think that's important. Some uh, track sleep. And then for somebody who's really uh, an athlete, um, whether it's an amateur or somebody doing a marathon training, things like that, 
The other thing that they can test is a VO2 max, and that's the other thing that's available on some of the more sophisticated um, wearables. And the VO2 max is an as a indication of your uh, cardiovascular fitness. I was just going to ask for you to elaborate on that. VO2 max, what is that? That's the amount of oxygen that, you can up t- that your body can take in at the highest level of fitness or activity level that you can do. So what does that, what is that, what does that mean for an athlete or someone who's trying to improve their, their overall fitness? That they want to see that number change. They want to be able to um, increase the amount of oxygen take up or uptake, and the higher that level, uh, the more uh, fit they are. Interesting. So something, and now I have a new goal. <laughs> take in more oxygen. Yeah, exactly. That's a great thing, right? <laughs> Helps the brain as well as the muscles. So. I think your watch does that, too. It, it does, I believe. You have a fancy one. <laughs> <laughs> it does, but I think I, I don't have the heart rate uh, device for this one. This one has to have the additional heart rate thing to, to help with that. So overall the there are various trackers that 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 measure a number of things some of the things to look for are steps that, that if if that's what your goal is uh vo2 and what was the other thing that you meant oh heart rate heart rate mm-hmm. hmm. those are all i guess helpful things in in terms of understanding uh and, and probably worth some more studying on my part in terms of understanding where they fit into uh the my overall fitness and wellness right how can those provide motivation how can you know looking at the those numbers and and utilizing that that information how can that provide motivation well all of us have a target heart rate target heart rate is basically 220 minus your age and then it's a percentage of that that you want to look at as far as your training zone usually somewhere between 50 to 85 percent of your max heart rate um, is your target heart rate zone and by exercising in that target heart rate zone, your body is able to respond to the training aspect uh, so that you can increase and improve your cardiovascular fitness. Jonathan, your thoughts on how devices like this, these wearables, can provide motivation uh, aside from incentives that, that we have through programs like Vitality? We'll, we'll get to those in just a minute. But, but just you know, standing alone, how can devices like this provide motivation? Well, I think in the, <clears throat> in the beginning, there's just a shiny new object element to it. <laughs> and and that's, that's kind of independent of, of anything. It's just kind of like I've got a new toy, and mm-hmm. wow, let me see how this thing works, and you know, really kind of put it through its paces. Um, and obviously, that that's very short term. And but I think in the beginning, that's a big driver to get people to just use that device and, and learn how it works and start to understand and and start to internalize some of the information that it's that it's giving them. Um, once once you get, I think, beyond that kind of honeymoon period it starts to be a little bit more like outcomes based. Uh, and as Joyce mentioned earlier, it's sort of, you know, being able to say, I've got a goal and, and I can hit that every day. The really great thing about, <clears throat> I think almost all of the, 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 the wearables these days that are doing steps is they allow you to customize that goal. Oftentimes they'll default it to 10,000 steps a day, mm-hmm. but you can go into your profile in the app or, or in their website and say, oh, you know, I, I'm not ready for that. I, 
<clears throat> I'd like to have it be 7,500. Or if someone's very active and they're hitting 10,000 every day, they can change it to 12 or 13 or whatever they feel is appropriate uh, and really kind of then chase off to that goal. Uh, related to that, though, is, is kind of um, making sure that one doesn't get burned out on that. And there's a, a absolutely hilarious uh, piece of satire written by the comedian David Sedaris um, about Fitbits uh, and, and how it's kind of, kind of this kind of rat race where he's wearing his Fitbit and, you know, every day he felt like he had to just keep on getting more and more and more steps. I believe that was in the New Yorker some months ago. Uh, but it's a really, really absolutely funny piece if anyone wants to have a look at it. <laughs> now, you could just set your, your your goals really low and then, you know, by the time you're out of bed, you've already met your goal for the day. <laughs> but I, I guess that defeats the purpose, right? Definitely. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, and, and I think the, that's where actually then the other programs like, like Vitality come into play, where you, you're right, you absolutely could set a very low hurdle for yourself every day. Um, but then if, if you have access to a program like Vitality, we're giving you a reason to make the hurdle higher. Now, you mentioned earlier there's this honeymoon phase where you have this new shiny piece of technology, you're excited about using it, and uh, and then that, that, yeah, you know the honeymoon's over about the time that you're no longer excited when your, your device tells you to move. <laughs> tells you you've been sitting still too long, it's time to move. We were just joking about that before we went on the air. We were just talking about how our devices, usually when we're in the studio, uh, tell us it's it's time to move, but we're, we're, we're stuck to microphones here, so it's kind of hard to get up and move without creating a whole lot of noise. But uh, that's about when the honeymoon was over for me. I still love my, my watch. I, I love the, the information that it provides for me. But I was like, okay, it can stop telling me to move now. Uh, that's when the, the honeymoon is over. But how do you know that you, it, it's something that's going to last uh, when you get past that, that honeymoon phase and not something that's just going to end up in the drawer? How do you keep it from being something uh, that ends up in the drawer? Jonathan? Well, that's a, it's a really important question. And... <clears throat> You know, I think you'll hear lots of different responses to that. Obviously, the device manufacturers will say that's not really a thing and people will keep on wearing them because we make a great device. Um, I, I think the, the real evidence is, is not really... I think we, we haven't formed a good consensus on long-term utilization out in the kind of real world. Um, what we see in Vitality, though, is, is when you can link up that device with some kind of incentive structure, then we see in Vitality very long-term use. And we, we, don't, we don't see a lot of breakage, uh, if in the, to use that term, uh, over longer periods of time. Now, I think my, the way I explain that is that we do provide, I think, a very simple, easy incentive structure for people to keep on wearing that device. Um, and I think outside of that, the manufacturers are working very hard to create their own type of incentives or reasons to keep on wearing that. So a lot of them have, like, challenges where you can obviously have friends and contacts within the same device, and I can challenge you, if we're friends on Fitbit or another device, Andy, I could challenge you to say, let's do 10,000 steps today. Or over a week or a weekend, let's do a step challenge between just the two of us or between the four of us. So they're kind of putting in structures and mechanisms to help people keep on using 
uh, over the long term. So there's there's a social aspect to it as well for those who yes, want that. And we, yes, and we know there's sort of other, you know, if you look at behavioral economics and, and other kinds of uh, that area of research, we know that there there's a social element there that will uh, cause people to make certain decisions and behave in certain ways. So there's kind of social norming where if you're in a group of people and you can kind of see, you know, so most of the devices where you can link up with people that are using that same device, you can see then like a leaderboard basically every day who's doing how many steps. So there's some social norming we hope that's going on there that if, if you see that you're kind of normally at the lower end of your group of peers, then you say, oh, maybe I need to lift my game a little bit and be a little bit more active. And you kind of raise your level a little bit to kind of get a little bit closer to the average number of steps that everyone's doing instead of kind of staying at, at the at the bottom of that group. If so-and-so can do that many steps, then I can too. Absolutely. Except for if that so-and-so is Sarah, because she just beats us all in terms of steps. <laughs> Maybe in terms of activity minutes. I don't know about the steps. <laughs> I get here and I'm a little tired. <laughs> well, and Sarah, you bring up a good point about activity, and I think the other thing, too, is to make sure that if you're looking at a device, if you bike, if you swim, that it's going to be available to track those activities as well. That's definitely been good for me. I have one that's a little bit more advanced, so it tracks all of my bike commuting, um, and and those those are the points that I get excited about. You know, after a race weekend, we get awarded for being in a race, and then also the actual activity. So sometimes when we're going home from races, we're a little giddy about how many points we just got. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good motivation for us to to keep going and keep doing those things, and to actually. And to track all of that. Well, yeah, especially with something like Vitality, because mm-hmm. in it, you know those points actually mean tangible rewards. Yes, which is really nice. Which is yeah, we you know we can in the form of either uh, other devices, fitness devices, or gift cards, which are a lot of fun. They are. We just redeemed our first ones last week. <laughs> it was an exciting moment. Yeah, it's it, and it, you know it's kind of like paying yourself to be healthy. Right. You know, and if you don't use them, then it's it, those are rewards that just go un, unused. It's kind of a waste. Right. So it's a win-win for everybody. We need to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, uh, we should have another guest joining us uh, from from Garmin to talk about uh, these different devices. So we'll, we'll continue our conversation with Joyce Angel at Concordia University Chicago and Jonathan Dugas, clinical director at Vitality Group. We're talking about... Uh, biometrics and wearables, how to use these devices to stay motivated, stay healthy. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUL. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee, with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. 
cuw.edu. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. I have a dear friend with osteogenesis imperfecta and dwarfism, which means Missy has brittle bone disease and is about three feet tall. When pregnant with twins, every doctor except one told her to abort. The twins graduated high school this year. While with a different doctor, discussion about a test procedure requiring anesthesia came up, which is a serious issue with dwarfism. The doctor actually said no physician would do a surgical procedure on her because of the risk. So she shouldn't bother with a test that could possibly detect a cancerous growth. Stunned, Missy asked, did you just say since I'm disabled, no doctor would help me? So don't find out if I have a problem? The so-called doctor said, yes. I encouraged Missy to report her to the state medical board. Like us on Facebook at Life Issues and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Hi, I'm Buzz Ulrich. I'm hidden at Hidden Gems Resale in Crestwood, Missouri, preparing for Friday, October 21st at 1 p.m. with a worldwide KFUO live broadcast. You won't see me, but you'll see Mark Hawkinson, Gary Duncan, Andy Bates, Joni Harwell, and Mary Schmidt with a few goodies on hand. It's a live broadcast from Hidden Gems Resale, 9051 Watson Road in Crestwood, Friday, October 21st at 1 p.m., where you can see everybody live, except for me. Listen live on Worldwide KFUO. Hi, this is Rich Robertson, President and CEO of the Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Each day, we at LCEF are energized by you, the members of the LCMS. People's lives are transformed by the gospel, and the world can witness that change through your actions. LCEF is blessed to share in these experiences as people like you invest so that loans and critical services are available for ministries and church leaders. We're encouraged by you and your action and inspired to be there for you. Check out lcef.org. Join Lutheran Immigration and Refugee Service and thousands of congregations across the country as they observe Refugee Sunday, a time to celebrate the gifts migrants and refugees bring to the United States. Pick a Sunday that works best for your congregation to celebrate. New resource kits, including bulletin insert and poster, will be available soon. Sign up for our newsletter at lirs.org slash rebuildinghope. Ten more reps, Sarah. Ten more reps. I'm almost done. <laughs> <laughs> We're being healthy today here on Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Gulset. We are talking about wearables and biometrics with our friends Joyce Engel from Concordia University Chicago, Jonathan Dugas from Vitality Group, who's clinical director there. And now joining us by phone, Amy Nuri. She's media relations specialist for fitness at Garmin International. Amy, welcome to Faith and Family. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to have you with us today and uh, glad to be talking about wearables. And uh, before we went to break, we were talking about how these devices can provide, uh, they can provide motivation for us to stay on track with fitness goals, to improve overall fitness and, and, and health and wellness. Uh, Amy, tell me a little bit about your involvement with these fitness devices when you first uh, started. What, what was your first experience with a, a fitness device like this, a wearable like this? Well, I started wearing one to uh, motivate myself to get moving more throughout the day. Um, so not only did I do it with my job, but personally, I, I wanted to start getting more active. It's a great reminder. You know, I work, as a lot of people do, at a desk job, and you don't realize how long you're sitting down. 
So things like a move bar, which are featured on a lot of our wearables, um, can remind you that you've been inactive too long and you need to get up and walk around. There are a lot of studies showing the the health detriments to sitting for too long of periods. And even if you work out for an hour a day, if you then go and sit all day, you're reversing the effects of your workout. Uh, so it's really, I was using it personally as a tool to, to grow, you know, to build some awareness and build some healthier habits. Did that move bar actually motivate you to get up and move when you were sitting down at your desk and it would tell you to, to get up and move? Did it make a difference for you? <laughs> It did for me. I think, uh, you know, it, it depends on the user and, and your motivation and what your motivation is. Um, you know, there's only so much we can't, they can't actually physically get you to get up and move. <laughs> <laughs> they no. can't tip over your chair and, and force you up. But if, if you're ready to make that change and things like that, it's a good reminder. And maybe that's when you get up and, and walk to the water cooler and mm-hmm. refill your drink or take a lap around your floor, go, go visit a coworker and say hi. And then eventually you, you don't need the reminder and it's just a habit where you're getting up and moving on your own. I need one that actually shocks you a little bit instead of just vibrating, shocks you and tells you it's time to get up and move. We could probably work on that for you. We have a gentler reminder. None of those in the works at Garmin, I guess. No. Huh? <laughs> What uh, what are the different styles, different types of of uh, wearables that uh, that you're familiar with or that you work with? Yeah, so I think the nice thing with Garmin is we have a, a wide ranging line. Um, I feel like wearables really aren't one size fits all, so it depends on the kind of features that you're looking for. Uh, for example, our Vivo Fit Three has one year battery life. Uh, it's great for somebody who is wanting to. To start living a healthier lifestyle, but you don't need all the bells and whistles of, say, our VivoActive HR, which has risk-based heart rate and different sports profiles. Um, that would be for somebody who is perhaps a little more active already and likes to, to do things like running, cycling, swimming. Um, and then we also have, on the other side of the spectrum, VivoMove, uh, which is a stylish uh, analog watch face. Uh, much more discreet, doesn't have that sporty look of a typical wearable. Um, and then really it goes on and on. We have GPS running watches. Um, I think you said you wear a Phoenix 3, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah so that's kind of our uh, top of the line. It has everything you know that Garmin really does, outdoor features, fitness features, activity tracking. So it, it varies. No. Joyce, something that, that that you shared earlier when, when selecting devices, think about what you want to use it for, what it is that you want to track, right? Correct. And and so there are, Amy, when, when you're looking at uh, devices, you mentioned these devices that track a number of different things. What are the, the different activities that, that devices can track? We talked about walking and biking. What is it a broad spectrum of activities that... It really that these... is. And then, you know, there are just um, profiles for cardio activities and with our uh, platform connect iq you can really personalize your watch um, on the compatible devices you can download free apps and widgets if there is you know kind of a unique activity that you're interested in Uh, they're really um they're just built for all different kinds of users and 
I have a lot of friends that will ask me which one they should get, and that you have to kind of go through a list of questions of the features that are important to you, uh, what's going to help motivate you, what activities are you looking to do, and find what one is going to fit with you and your lifestyle, because that's the device that you'll end up using more, and it won't end up in your junk drawer. Now, Sarah, I know that you you were you and your husband were kind of selective about what you chose for your wearable as well. I did the same thing. I I probably spent about a year saving up, preparing for it, and like shopping and trying to decide what I wanted. What were you looking for in a device as you were trying to decide which one to get? Well, very specifically, um, the nice thing about the Vivo Active Heart Rate that I got. Um, it has GPS, which is something that a lot of them don't have. And I bike to work every day, so I have tracking on either my phone or now on my on my wearable, so mm-hmm. that my husband can tell if I crash and I'm not mm-hmm. conscious. He knows where I am, you know. Um, so that was really important. The heart rate was really important too, because then I can, if I want to go for a run, I can just turn on my watch and go outside. So it kind of took the place of the the uh, older computer that I've been using. For my cycling. <laughs> um, and then also being able to track all of those activities was really nice. Um, you know, we have other watches that we use for, for cycling specific, but but having something um, that can track a whole range of things, like when I do a strength workout, I can put it on strength and it, it tracks it as a strength workout. Or if I'm doing an indoor spinning class, it, it'll track that separately. So having those options of different um, activities was really important too. I think what what I was looking for was I I, I swim and I run. Uh, those are two of the, the main things that I do that I wanted to be able to track in, in order to provide me motivation to improve on those uh, activities. And so I was looking for something that I could swim with, that I could put in the water and it wouldn't fry, uh, <laughs> and uh, something that I could run. And much like you, I wanted something that had GPS so that my wife could see where I am. You know, as I get older, I think more about my health when I'm. I, I like to run on trails. You know, I don't. I'll, I'll run on you know along the street and that sort of thing. But I, I'd much rather run on trails out in the woods. Um, and so I thought having a GPS device would be helpful. Now, a simple phone, most smartphones can do that today as well. But I wanted to, to be able to see on my my device too and track that on maps and that sort of thing. So that's what I was looking for. So that's what narrowed it down to the device that I had. And then, then I realized I needed something more rugged because I have a habit of breaking things. So that's <laughs> what narrowed it down for me. Um, it, it, <laughs> and, and when it comes to devices like this, that's something to can take into consideration. How rugged is the device? What can it, what kind of uh, environment can it take? Don't you think, Amy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, another big thing is kind of the the design and the size of something. Our Phoenix 3, which you have, is a much larger watch. If um, <laughs> you're not going to be comfortable wearing something like that, then you maybe want to look at more of a traditional band that's very lightweight and mm-hmm. discreet. And it, so really it, it all comes down to how these fit into the user's lifestyle. Um, because, again, you know, the whole point is that you wear them and can take advantage of their features. Absolutely. What I like about mine is that it's a watch, too. 
So I can actually use it like a real watch and I can see, and it looks like a watch. Now, a few folks here at the, the few friends here at the building kind of joked with me because you're right, it is a bit larger for yeah. a watch. So yeah, there, a few friends were joking with me and uh, saying, oh, look at the, here comes Andy with his giant watch, but we've all gotten <laughs> used to it now. And, and I love it because it, 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 it tracks all the things that I want. It's provided motivation. I've improved my swim uh, because it, it provides me those those numbers so I can see how fast I'm swimming. Uh, and e- I even learned new terminology. This uh, swolf, I think it is. Yeah. I, th- I learned a new term this year because of it. Okay, you have to explain to us, Amy, what is a swolf? Well, your swolf score is for uh, swimming specifically. Um, I, are you try or, or just... Just swim and run. I don't bike because I'm afraid that I will crash. I keep trying to get him to bike, and he just won't do it. (laughs) Well, that's all right. So um, most swimmers know Swolf, but other than that, um, not many people are familiar. Uh, It's it's an abbreviation for um, the the swim golf. It's obtained by putting together your strokes per length, um, and then the time for length while you're swimming so the the yards at how many seconds so you want to go for a lower number is what you're you're, what you're aiming for right yeah that's good i've been aiming for a lower number so that 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 means i've improved and i have improved i have improved my swolf score by about two or three points yeah Um, and you know it's interesting to see when you're tracking metrics like that um kind of watching your improvement and and looking at where you started and then, you know, through the Garmin Connect app, you can look at these things and, and track your improvement and your progress. Another thing and I, that's motivating. Another thing I like about the device is that it tracks calories. It estimates calories burned. Yeah. And by linking it to my Vitality account, uh, Jonathan, you'll be proud of this. It, it moved me from, you know, going to that, you know, just that, that um, light workout all the way to an advanced workout because I, I started setting goals then of, of burning 300 calories in a workout as opposed to just 100 or 200. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's really the great, one of the great things about human physiology and human movement is uh, if we know your mass, how much you weigh, uh, and we know the distance that you're traveling and, and also how you're doing that, if you're cycling or running or things like that, we can really get a good idea of how many calories that's costing you. And that's really become an awesome kind of standard feature on the wearables where they can really help you understand not only how many calories that you're burning in a day just from your resting metabolic rate, uh, but also the additional calories that you burn from being active. It and that's hugely, hugely beneficial for helping people just understand their overall energy expenditure. It also helped me learn how long, like how many minutes it takes me to, to get to that goal. And I can do that faster in running than I can in swimming. Um, so if I only, only have a certain amount of time, uh, you know, a limited amount of time, it's sometimes better for me to take a run to get to the, that calorie mark than, than to swim. Yeah, no, definitely. Running, running is uh, it's kind of the most uh, economical uh, time-wise uh, if you're looking um, for energy expenditure. Um, it, it's always a kind of go-to. I'm the same way. If, if I need to get a quick workout in, um, I'll run. Um, cycling, I love, but, you know, to cycle for 20 minutes isn't really going to get me anything. Um, running for 20 minutes, that actually can be a really good, great, high-quality workout. 
Now, Sarah's device has heart rate on it, and that's right off of the wrist, correct? Yes, which is very cool. Mine does not have heart rate monitoring right in the device, but I can add a, like a chest band or something like that to do that. Amy, what advantages are there in, in uh, having a device that monitors heart rate? Yeah, um, and we actually, the Phoenix 3 does have a heart rate version. So there, there is a version available with heart rate on the wrist. Um, one one thing with heart rate, I mean, it really, it kind of depends on, um, again, you know, what the users need. Um, we were seeing a lot of people that wanted to track their heart rate from their wrist and not add on the additional chest strap. Um, but there are watches like yours that are still compatible with the chest strap, and you can gain additional information from something like that um, with our running profiles you can do advanced running dynamics uh, with a chest strap so you can get things like your vertical oscillation so how high you know you're going up and down on a run um, ideally you would want to have more of an even plateau instead of bobbing up and down to to increase running efficiency um, and the heart rate is also going to contribute to your calorie burn and making sure that that is more accurate uh-huh now We've been talking about these devices. I'm sure that uh, that each of you perhaps have have known someone where it's really made a difference, uh, where you know using a device like this has made a difference for them. Whether it's just achieving a a small goal or a big goal, Joyce, do you have any stories of someone where you've seen a device has made a big difference for them? Uh, I actually have a student uh, right now who's a single mom who has college age students. And her, one of her kids bought her one to help her improve her fitness level and her health, basically. And they ended up all getting them. And now they're having a family competition uh, to encourage each other uh, to get healthier, which I think is a great thing. Uh, it goes back to that social support. Um, you've got a built-in one a lot of times with families. And we all have that, it probably have that, that sense of competitiveness in us to, yeah. to some degree. And so tapping into that and using that uh, to, to motivate one another to, to a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, any stories from, from your experience of where a, a wearable has made a difference for someone? Absolutely. There, there are many. Uh, one that comes to mind is a Vitality member. <clears throat> you actually, um, we asked him to do a testimonial because he had such, such an amazing story. Um, it was a kind of classical kind of situation where uh, he had really just been really working, just just only working, no real work-life balance, and really kind of was awakened to the fact that he was terribly unhealthy and knew, I've got to do something about it. And it happened that his employer, um, there was a client of ours, and they gave their employees uh, Fitbits, uh, the activity monitor. And he said he, he knew this was, this was the way, and he started wearing it. And uh, over the next about 12 or 18 months, um, he just really turned his health around. Um, it was a really great story of just, you know, losing weight, but also just improving his overall health and uh, continuing to be active uh, even after achieving those goals. Hmm. And it sounds like uh, starting to grasp some work and uh, work-life balance as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Amy, how about you? Stories from uh, from our friends at Garmin of how a device like this has made a difference for them? Yeah, you know, we get stories um, all the time about people um, that have started using these and 
had dramatic life changes and lots of inspiring weight loss stories and um, internally too, just at Garmin, there are a lot of people that have started wearing the devices and and made big changes. Um, the other thing that we hear about quite a bit um, would be with the heart rate. We have we have gotten some some users emailing us and calling in about where they've noticed irregular things and it's helped them go and then talk to their doctor about things that they've noticed. So they, they noticed something irregular when it comes to heart rate and that motivated them to go speak with their physician and, and get some tests done and find out if there was an actual problem there. Yeah. Wow. You know, I think that really if you can use this data and, and get to know your body a little bit better and, mm-hmm. and you know, you pair that up with kind of your how you're feeling and it's, it, it's all good, powerful information. You know, that's what, you know, with the, the device that I have, and I think you probably have this too on your, Sarah, the live track feature where mm-hmm. if you pair it with, a, connect it to a, a mobile device like a phone, you can live track. And so my wife can actually see where I am on the map, but can also see other things. Like if I were to have the, the HR chest strap, the heart rate chest strap, she could see my heart rate while I'm running. So I jokingly say she can see exactly when I'm having a heart attack on the trail. Oh, but, well, we hope that doesn't happen. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just joking, uh, you know, uh, but uh, but she can she can see those those metrics and just the fact that someone else could be watching those and seeing, okay, you're slacking on your run. Um you know, there, something like this can also provide some competition just between, a healthy competition between husband and wife. Do you and your husband have competitions when it comes to your devices, Oh, Sarah? yes. <laughs> we do. Who's winning right now? Um, I think I have more activity points <laughs> in, uh, in vitality. Amy, to get stories of that, uh, husband and wives uh, have uh, these healthy competitions. I know I know some of our friends out in the Kansas City area who who have Garmin devices. That, yeah, it's a competition between husband and wife, see who gets in the most steps each day. Oh, yeah. And, you know, really, it's, it's the whole family getting involved now. We recently announced VivoFit Junior, which is our kids' version of our activity tracker. And it's it's everyone. It's It's kids, it's parents, it's grandparents, and there's nothing wrong with a little healthy competition. <laughs> now, what does a device like that track for, for kids? For kids, you're going to be tracking similar things as steps, sleep, and then it also tracks um, your um, activity to the recommended 60 minutes a day. Uh, it uh, comes with a parent-controlled app, so you can actually assign tasks like brushing your teeth or picking up your toys, and you can track that with them, give them rewards agreed upon beforehand. Maybe you get to have a slumber party if you complete all your tasks for the week. Um, So it it gets them involved, gets them going and motivated. Wow. Sends little reminders to them. to If you brush your teeth, uh, yeah, provides Mm -hmm. a reminder for them. Yeah, the task timer will start, and you can kind of stay on top of the chores and, and assignments from your parents. That's impressive. That's really cool. Yeah, that's pretty neat. I need yeah. that on my device. To I know. My, yeah, me too. <laughs> to do my chores. <laughs> well, uh, so these devices really can can track a lot of things, provide uh, uh, the, that information. You, uh, Amy, you mentioned also tracking sleep. How is that helpful? Yeah, well, again, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about with, with your habits, and you can see... Um, when you're tracking your sleep, you can see patterns develop. And we have something on our app called Garmin Connect Insights where it can tell you um, 
your kind of your sleeping habits and, and things that you could be doing to improve. So maybe you should be heading to bed, you know, an hour earlier every night or um, getting up a little earlier. You can see if you were in deep sleep, light sleep, and it just helps provide some clarity on on how your rest is going. I've definitely noticed that tracking sleep, that was one of the most interesting things after getting the wearable was was noticing the, those patterns in my sleep that if I go to bed a little bit earlier, I actually sleep better throughout the night. And that's something you wouldn't know unless you actually have something mm-hmm. tracking it. But it, it was starting to make sense of the mornings I woke up and I felt really groggy. It's because we went to bed late and I didn't have a lot of deep sleep. Mine just reflects that we have a small child at home. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> Well, this is certainly helpful, and I I appreciate all the information. Sarah, do you have any more questions for our guests today? No. I appreciate this, and now I've got to go do a bunch of steps so I can make Jonathan proud and get in my points for today. (laughs) Yes, please do, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is certainly helpful to me, and I hope to our listeners as well, and uh, we'll we'll share this, this, the archive of today's program on our website. Sarah, I'll get that up on our on KFUO later on today, kfuo.org, so that uh, you can share it with your friends as well and encourage them to get out and, and get their devices and or make use of their devices, provide some, some healthy challenges as well. And uh, now I've got to go challenge my wife to a, a, a 10,000 step challenge. She always beats me at those though <laughs> we, when we were traveling. Well, thank you all for, for being our guest today. Joyce Angel uh, with Campus Wellness and, uh, and, and professor at Concordia University Chicago. Joyce, thanks so much for being our guest today. Well, it's been a pleasure being with you. Jonathan Dugas, a clinical director at Vitality Group. Jonathan, thanks so much for being my guest today, helping us learn about uh, the motivation, uh, the, how these devices can help provide motivation for us to stay on track. You're welcome, Andy. It was a real pleasure. Amy Nuri, Media Relations Specialist for Fitness at Garmin International. Amy, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks for being our guest on Faith and Family. Great. Thanks for having me on. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word, the Reverend William Whedon back in the saddle here to, uh, to help us study God's Word. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.